Welcome to the IPv6 Buzz podcast, where we dare to dive into the 128-bit address space wormhole. Quick reminder, there's sponsorship opportunities available for IPv6 Buzz and all the other Packet Pusher podcast shows. So if you're interested, you can go to packetpushers.net slash sponsorship and you can get all the details. If you've got something cool working with V6, we definitely want to hear about it. So come join us on the V6 Buzz and uh, let's chat. Uh, I'm Ed Horley with my co-host Tom Coffin and Scott Hogue. And today we're going to talk about, well, host OSs <laughs> and DHCP V6 and and Slack and DNS and like how all of this stuff <laughs> munches mm-hmm. together to get uh, to get you to actually get to something on the internet. <laughs> Right. And and there's been some interesting sort of conversations about like, how does this stuff all work together? And we've had a lot of folks ask operational issues of like, well, which one should we do? Should we do Slack? Should we do, you know, DCPv6? And the answer is always like, well, what are you doing today? Which is probably DCP, right? And how do you figure out how all this stuff is working and what's the operational impacts? I think we just wanted to talk through a little bit about how those conversations go because we get asked this a lot and then sort of maybe allow you guys to make some good decisions about, um, or at least a decision. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not good (laughs) about about which way you should go. Yeah. Like they say about standards, the great thing is you have so many to choose from. (laughs) (laughs) You have a lot of options on your paint palette. You can use static addressing in your data center. You could do Slack and in another part. You can is, do link local in another part or DHCP v6. You have choices. Is it a paint palette or is it enough rope? <laughs> the, I think the wrong decision is to not deploy v6 at all. I think good answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but if could you do it wrong? I guess maybe not. Well, hopefully uh, after listening to this episode, there'll be less of a chance of that. Yes. <laughs> Well, I guess I guess the uh, can you do it wrong? We should probably cover some of the caveats around some of the host operating systems because obviously the whole goal of using Slack or using DHCP v6 is to assign an address to a device, more than likely some sort of host operating system, right? Uh, uh, to, for it to be able to participate on the network, right? That's the goal of sort of handing these things out. Well, and to be more specific, right, to get to actually, um, to get onto a network that isn't the just the local segment, right, to get out, out to the yes. rest of the network or out to the internet. Good point. So with that in mind, I guess we could talk through quickly about what support exists for each one of the OSs. And I know we've covered this in other shows, but just for those who may be joining us for the first time uh, and, are, and are listening for the first time, uh, let's, let's, I guess we can break it down. But, uh, you know, what, what platforms have what sort of support and capability for um, both uh, Slack and uh, and uh, for DHCP v6? I guess yeah. uh, Windows supports both now. So if you're on Windows 10 or Windows 11 or any current version of server, it's going to support both. Yeah. And if you're on an old-timey uh, host OS, you know, like Windows XP, you don't have DHCP v6. <laughs> or if you're on, you know, Apple 10.6 or earlier, you know, you don't have DHCP v6, or if you're on an old timey uh, protocol like Android, you don't have DHCP v6. So this is this is all like pre, uh, so everything except for Android is pre 2012, 2010. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Chrome OS. Chrome OS and Android are right back there in the 2010 timeframe. So IBM System 36, AS400, no DHCP v6. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, so my, my, my original Mac SE doesn't have. <laughs> no. Your yeah. old Atari 5200, no. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your old Commodore 64, no. Your Commodore 64. Your deck vax, no. <laughs> my, 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 my nonstop tandem. <laughs> Keep going. Right, well, keep going. Babbage <laughs> adding machine. I don't know what's my name. Charles Babbage adding machine. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, maybe the, this is just us joking uh, for, for the listeners. Uh, yeah. One of the challenges is that Android actually lacks um, a DHCPv6 client. Um, it's it's one, of the, one of the ones that you're going to notice. Uh, and this affects Chrome OS also, but uh, Chromebooks, right? But the, but the reality is that Windows and Apple both support uh, DHCPv6 and support Slack. So you're going to see, you know, the capabilities for it to support either one, depending on what you want to run. And obviously Android's got that gap. Um, I don't know. I, I guess, well, iOS from, from, from Apple has uh, support for both. So I guess the, everything is covered except for Android. That's uh, the one outlier, I guess, yeah. at this point in time. I guess old Linux kernels, like Ubuntu, 14 and 16, those didn't support DHCPv6, but more modern Linux operating systems would support DHCPv6. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's. I would say today it's pretty common that you'll see support for both, uh, with the one exception we highlighted. But I, I think more important is besides getting an address, you're really going to need a name server, right, in order to be able to actually connect and talk to anything. <laughs> Most of us don't remember addresses as as as, as a location to get to a particular uh, web server on the internet, right? So. So, uh, you know, having a DNS name server is super important. And we have the capability to provide name server information in both DHCP v6, obviously, and then also in Slack using what's called RDNSS. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's a capability within the RA to basically advertise DNS server information. History lessons are a bit of a drag sometimes, but that that's actually kind of a more recent development in the, in the IPv6 world, having that uh, mm -hmm. RDNSS. DNS information provided via router, router advertisement. And is it fair yeah, to say that this is entirely because Android doesn't support, uh, it didn't support DHCPv6? Yeah. Yeah. And then other operating systems after that started to support, you know, Slack and RDNSS. Windows you know, specifically, right after the creators update, for the creators update, added it, added it in there. So because prior to that, it was a DHCPv6 only. Um, OS, so it didn't mm -hmm. have the capability yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah, so 1703 creators update or later. Right. Um, and then the RFC for RDNSS, there were two, right? 6106 and 8106. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Don't hold me to that. <laughs> but I believe those are the two that, that yeah. sort of specify how to get DNS server information into the RA. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Android or Apple 10... Seven Lion and later did support right. RDNSS. Right. Okay. And yeah. the network equipment needed to be able to configure this RA option 25 to include the V6 address. And so right. you had to configure this on the router that is generating the RA. And so you needed that configured on your, and it is supported by Cisco, Juniper, Arista, HP, yeah. uh, Pretty much everyone that I've seen, yeah. I mean, anything that's current is, is supporting it now, the, from best I can tell. Yeah. Well, I, I guess we sort of defined down at least what we're dealing with here, but let's maybe we talk about what the problem space is and, 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 and sort of talk through like how DNS selection from all these different things actually works on the host OS. Because I guess that's sort of, you know, one of the interesting 
one of the interesting things we get back to like the whole happy eyeballs thing, like how do you pick what you pick and how do you decide mm-hmm. what you decide? And the host operating system has a bunch of different algorithms in it to, to sort of figure this stuff out. And, uh, and besides just using V6 as one of the, one of the decisions, there's also a whole decision about which DNS server mm-hmm. you use, right? Yeah, yeah. You created a bit of an operational model, you know, like temporary nightmare. It's like, well, I've got all these different ways to get an address and I've got, well, at least a couple of different ways. And, uh, and I've got, uh, a couple of different sources for DNS information. So then the, the, the next logical question for folks that are paying attention at home is, well, which, what gets used and under what circumstances, like which DNS server information do I use? Yeah. Cause we did talk about RA could be configured a little crazy. Sometimes we talked about the idea of a, a Christmas tree RA that had, you know, the A, the L, the M and the O flag all lit, all the lights are lit all at the same time. And the router advertisement is saying, do Slack, do DHCP v6, do, mm-hmm. and here's your uh, RA DNSS, you know, infra DNS server, and even a couple of them. You could have yeah. multiple option 25s. And so it, the host gets overwhelmed by a bunch of different choices and which one does it choose. Yeah. And you could end up in this situation because you're maintaining both uh, Slack as an auto addressing mechanism and DHCP v6 as an auto addressing mechanism because you're in, you're trying to support in good faith, trying to support, uh, you know, those Android devices that aren't going to get an address via DHCP v6. Mm-hmm. So it, it's possible that you'd find yourself in the situation for reasons other than just misconfiguration and, you know, somebody mm-hmm. not paying attention and that sort of thing. So in that circumstance, what DNS server gets used. So if I have a, if I have a, an address that I've learned um, via Slack and one via DHCPv6 and obviously DNS information from both sources, um, do I have a preference as a host? You do, right? We, we, we sort of tip the scale automatically for saying, uh, I, guess, I guess we should include V4 in here too, right? In, in, in a dual stack scenario, because you have V4, if you have V4 and you have DHCP and you're getting DNS server information on the host, then you've got yet another situation. That's right. With there. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think all the operating systems, um, and you guys pipe in and correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but I think DHCP, uh, DHCP and DHCP V6 are considered more trusted authoritative information sources as a general rule of thumb, mm-hmm. uh, to provide information to the host operating system. Uh, and therefore, um, the DNS servers that are obtained from, from that protocol um, are going to be preferred mm-hmm. on, on a given host OS. But I, th- I think what's interesting, maybe the, the nuance point that Scott brought up is that if the DHCP v6 server is providing multiple name servers, which one does it pick out of that? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's just... There's there there is a bit of a process that goes along with that, and I don't I don't know if it's first in list or if it's rank order or if it's just a random selection like what it does for recursive resolvers, right? Um, I don't know if I know specifically that one. I don't know, Scott, if you if you've seen anything different from multiple listings about which one it actually uses. Um, I would imagine it would just randomly pick one out of the list, and that's. That would be a question for Ask Mr. DNS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, they would know. But what's interesting is that the host of operating systems display it differently. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, depending on what's going on for, for Windows versus Apple versus Android. So it's like one of these things where it's like, well, which one did it pick? Well, it listed them all in different order on each OS. So I don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, sort of thing. Unless you're, unless you're doing dig or NS lookup and, you know, you sort of, 
you know, work your way through that. But some of that is like availability and performance characteristics, things like that, uh, that, that might dictate which one gets used over another. And your browser might be using one that's different than the actual underlying host OS, which gets even more complex because of the dot and doe uh, capabilities that might, might, might come into play. So you might see different behavior <laughs> for your name resolution in your browser than you see in the actual host OS, right? That can make it even more complex. But that's, that's at least, uh, you know, where, where things go from that. And so you're going to trust your DHCPv6 uh, DNS name resolver that you get there first. It's going to be the highest in the list outside of manual or static, you know, configuration that you put into your, your host OS. And then I think the second is, uh, is IPv4. You're going to trust your DHCP IPv4 name server next in the list because it's coming from DHCP, considered a more trusted resource than anything that would, you know, be happening with a stateless configuration. And so that's considered more trusted. And then it would fall down to um, Slack RDNSS as the third. And then in Windows, at least, you have a fourth option, which is that the, um, the very bottom of the list, not, not used essentially ever, but still there in, in the host OS is, is the uh, well-known site local DNS name servers that still exist in the operating system. There's another uh, old old timey artifact for yes for folks. But, but, te- but technically, it's still there. Yeah, that's right. Well, so the, but you you that's an interesting operational situation, right? So yeah, uh, I may use a DNS server. I'll prefer a DNS server I learn via IPv4 over one that I learn via RDNSS, IPv6 RDNSS that, that I've learned via Slack. So I, I don't yeah, know so if this, this is case, I, that doesn't sound very ideal. If I'm if I'm the whole goal is to try to get to an IPv6 preferred network. Yeah, I mean, but you know, apparently the OS manufacturers disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I can't there, I can't impact like there's no way I can change this. There's no uh, nerd knob to tweak in this case to to make not, one preferred. Not that just, I'm aware yeah, of. Yeah, it's just Scott. Are you aware of any? I'm not aware of any in PowerShell. Um, no, you know, I'm not aware of anything that you can do in any config files within Linux to change or modify that. So, mm-hmm. so it's I, I think you're sort of stuck with what the default behavior within the OS is. Uh, and, and, and one of the interesting things, I believe Apple will do like DHCP v6, DHCP, and then RDNSS, right, in that order. But Windows, Windows won't fall back to RDNSS. It simply stops after it, once it realizes it has name servers that are available from DHCP. It pretty much just ignores RDNSS and will not fall back to it, even if it's completely legit and valid. So if you happen to be doing for some oddball reason, your DHCP v6 server and DHCP servers are providing IP addresses um, that are not provided in RDNSS for any given reason. Um, it's, and you would have like, maybe it's a backup one and you're pointing to like Google's public one for your RDNSS, like for whatever reason, just, just for that reason. Mm-hmm. It's uh you wouldn't fall back to it. So it would just fail at that point. Yeah, that's what I've seen, yeah. Yeah, which is maybe not necessarily the behavior you want. Like I I would think I would want to, at that point, I realize like, oh, my DHCP stuff is down. It's not available. I've got something here. I'd rather use the something than the nothing. I don't know, but maybe it's a more secure posture. But um, that's just how how the behavior works today. Um, Maybe Microsoft will change that. who knows? But that's that's sort of where things are at. Uh, at least at least understanding wise for the host OSs. I don't know what uh, you know on the Linux side, Scott. 
does it fall back to RDNSS if it doesn't have the two DHCP option sets available? I don't believe. Mm -hmm. I imagine it would just use it. I don't think it has any restriction on on it, just like Apple does. It, yeah. it would just use, it would go ahead and use the next name server. It doesn't really discriminate or care. I'm not really sure why Microsoft did it that way uh, for theirs, but I'm sure yeah. they have some sort of reason. So, and you would think that host OS behavior might change over time as IPv6 becomes more widely deployed. You know, <laughs> early on, it might make sense to prefer v4 DNS over v6 DNS because in the, you know, 10 years ago, maybe we didn't have as much v6 deployed. It's now, not as, not as robust. Yeah. Yeah. Now, today, maybe equal parts. We see some places on the internet, 50-50. We're at that tipping point in the amount of traffic V4 and V6 traffic volumes may be similar, depending on where you measure. But in the middle, you know, we're kind of in that middle phase, which kind of implies dual stack. And in mm -hmm. the middle phase, yeah, let's do happy eyeballs type things and race them against each other. Why not keep them all on even playing fields and choose whichever one is faster, you know? But then in the next decade, we'll move towards... You know, we're using V4 a little less and we're using and we have V6 pretty much ubiquitously deployed. Let's go back to maybe putting our thumb on the scale and giving V6 a bit of a head start or maybe preferring V6 DNS servers in host OSs, whether they were obtained, you know, statefully with DHCP or statelessly via DHCP V6. So I think we may see host OS behaviors change in in the next decade to start to maybe give preference to v6 yeah now, that makes sense to me that that you would progressively sort of make those changes in the operating system with updates over time mm -hmm. uh, to support or put the thumb on the scale in regards to that and i would think even if you manually configured a v4 uh, dns name server that you would still probably want to prefer the v6 um, information in the host os which would be really interesting right? yeah and and we've we've sort of uncovered recent just recently talking on this topic the operational models that are are getting deployed where IPv4 as you mentioned Scott it's still very much in the dual stack phase for for a lot of organizations yeah. and there are at least two cases here now that we've covered where the the presence of v4 will cause operational issues with v6 you know you're attempting to use v6 uh, we, we mentioned the ULA case where if you have a ULA address configured and you've got V4 configured, that ULA address may never get used. And then here's another case where if I've learned a DNS server VR, RDNSS and Slack, it may not get used if I've learned DNS information via V4 and DHCP. Uh, so something to be aware of. But you mentioned, yeah. I, I wanted to go back to something you mentioned in passing related to stateless DHCP V6. And that's something that, uh, uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember learning about uh, the, the flags and how, you know, I'm going to, there's the possibility that I might want to do stateless DHCP v6 where I'm getting an address via DHCP uh, v6. Um, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting an address via Slack rather with yeah. mm -hmm. stateless DHCP v6, but I'm learning my DNS information via a DHCP v6 server. But now is this, are we, are we still seeing this deployed now that we have uh, our DNSS as, as the option to learn? Because uh, it, it would seem that if we have that option that, there, that stateless DHCP v6 doesn't really do much for us. Yeah, I think we saw more stateless DHCP v6 when operating systems like, you know, Windows XP or old 
older Apple Mac OSs didn't have a DHCP v6 client. So it was a way to get a v6 address and a v6, you know, address statelessly uh, with Slack to those hosts, but then still give them a v6 DNS server. And I think, but it's been a while, I think now more modern, you use DHCP v6 or Slack and RDNSS because it's more, you know, has pretty ubiquitous support and host OS as a network equipment. Um, but I, I seem to remember, you know, before when hosts would do DHCP for their V4 and get their V4 DNS server, and they would do, you know, and the router was configured with A flag, L flag, and O flag set to one, and the M flag turned off for stateless DHCP V6 and would supply a V6 DNS server to the host. I seem to recall hosts would actually use the IPv6 DNS server. Right, because it's it's still provided by the DHCP, so it's still considered mm -hmm, yeah. a more trust, trusted resource or source yeah. of DNS server information. That's, that's what I remember too, yeah. uh, Scott. That's not that's not incorrect. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, and so uh, I th I think that's a really good point. Is is you know, I guess I guess we're sh we're showing our you know keep current sort of uh, phase uh, of not even bringing up stateless DHCP v6 anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I just think it's gone by the wayside. There's no real practical implementation reason to do it. I just feel today that people make the op that make the decision between, you know, full stateful DHCP v6 with, you know, the M flag set and do do all the things, right, that matches their operational model for DHCP today. Mm -hmm. Or they're looking at, you know, Slack with RDNSS. That seems to yeah. be the the breakdown for the discussions. I would say the mass majority of discussions that we get into really fit in one of those two categories um, uh, in terms of in terms of what customers are looking to try and deploy and support. Yeah, so, yeah. So there's just so there's no confusion for the listening audience on that one. Yeah, I know. I don't think I've we've we've talked actively about doing a stateless DHCP v6 deployment for, for anyone in a long time. Yeah. But you don't sense. have to choose one option for all your networks. You may have different networks that require different settings. Right. And it can That's be a really patchwork good. quilt. You could, in a data center, you may not even need router advertisements because everything, all your servers are statically defined. Or using Another automation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. In an IoT network, maybe you do something like stateless DHCV v6 or or just keep it linked local or something, maybe in an mm -hmm. office network, because you're using DHCP, it makes sense to do DHCP v6. And maybe you have a security requirement that requires that yeah. or compliance, security compliance requirement. But maybe in a guest wireless network where you do need to have broad host OS support for all types of devices, including Android-based devices, then... Slack and RDNSS may be your choice. No, I'm sorry. They only get IPv4. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Android. Well, Android, it gets a v6 address, yes, but its DNS server sounds like it's going to be a v4 DNS server. <laughs> it's <laughs> going to be right. used on those Android devices. So, Yeah, it'll just do this DNS lookup on the v4 side. And the, the challenge becomes if you're on a v6 only network, right, mm -hmm. and, and you can't provide an IPv4 address to that Android device, Mm -hmm. What happens? You need to support RDNSS in order for that Android device to get name resolution. It's the yeah. only way. Or, mm -hmm. well, I mean, I guess you could go in and like you know manually put one in there, but that that's not a common thing that you're going to ask everyone to do. So, uh, for for reasons of, of 
practical, like I need to support everything. Well, Windows supports RDNSS, Apple supports RDNSS, Android supports RDNSS. Should, should my default just be RDNSS? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe on guest networks, the answer is yes, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, like that universally just sort of covers that. Do you get all the inspection and uniqueness that DHCP v6 offers uh, along with like, you know, authentication, logging, a bunch of other things that you could potentially do? No. Does that matter? I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Really depends on your use case. You wouldn't get dynamic DNS. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of things that you may not, may not get um, based off of, based off of the capabilities that DHCP isn't providing you. Like, you're not going to get things like, oh, I need like NTP server information or, oh, I need like, you know, some other special option code, right? Being provisioned out of DHCP. Um, you're not going to get any of that. You get an RA with a DNS server information and you're off to the races, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's it basically be, for internet access, right? Yeah. That's it. And the address that was assigned to the client would not be logged to your security information event management system. So you're security, cybersecurity teams wouldn't have in, you know, situational awareness or the ability. Well, to they, they might get some situational awareness when your stuff goes sideways. But <laughs> <laughs> like, we got a situation. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're, they're not going to get proactive information out of the system in the same way that you would with, with DHCP v6 and, and an appropriate sort of stack operational solution that's built around that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, all really good points. I, I don't know. It, it, did we cover the majority of what we wanted to sort of talk through around this, because I think it can be really confusing if you're trying to design and, and build and operate and you're like, which one of these should I use? Mm-hmm. It's probably the, one of the most ubiquitous questions that we get. Yeah. Like, which one should we do? Like, well, what, what's your use case and what are you up to? And, and what devices do you have participating in that network? It helps you to figure out this mm-hmm. matrix of, of what do I need to do? Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and just, Understanding the caveats, especially around the DNS side, uh, understanding what order it's picking stuff and why it's picking it, uh, super important, right? So, yeah, those, and being you, this hopefully this information allows uh, architects and engineers to be more deterministic in sort of the operational model that they're selecting, knowing that there are some risks. And you know, again, uh, if you're if you if it's beat up on IPv6 day, you can be like, well, this is really complicated, and there's all this other stuff I don't have to think about with IPv4. And the reality is. You don't have to think about it with IPv4 because you've stopped thinking about it for a long time. The operational challenges that you worked through, all the technical debt you accumulated, you know, that's just sitting there and you're not paying any attention to it because you don't have to anymore. Um, you know, with V6, I think Scott's earlier comment, it's like you, you, you deploy it, get, you know, get it rolled out and th- there's going to be a- enough tweakability with, with the choices that you have to support whatever operational model you need to support in the environment that you're in with the devices that, that you're, that you need to support, get on the network. So I, I, you know, just think of it that way. And and I think everything will be okay. Yeah. Try it. You'll like it. <laughs> Try it. You'll like it. <laughs> and, 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 and I think we all advocate on a regular basis that your operational models should really try and match uh, what you're doing with v4. So if you're a DHCP shop today, DHCP v6 should be something that you're seriously considering for, for use cases. Uh, what you get with v6 is more flexibility to do other things if you need them or it justifies or the use case makes sense. And I think that's one of the additional advantages you get is, is that bit of flexibility. So, I don't know. We, did we cover it all? I think we covered it all. <laughs> 
All right. Well, unlike V6, we run out of space for this podcast. You can reach the IPv6 Buzz podcast on Twitter at IPv6 Buzz. And you can also hit up each one of us on Twitter. Uh, Tom is at IPv6 Tom. Scott is at Scott Hogue. And I'm at E. Horley. Thanks for listening to the IPv6 Buzz. You can find us on the Packet Pushers or any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for IPv6 Buzz. And if you like the show, please give us a rating on iTunes. We really appreciate it. If you like this podcast, we really recommend you check out Heavy Networking, uh, Day 2 Cloud, and the Network Break Podcast, plus all the other great technical content over packetpushers.net. So long and until next time, we'll see you on the internet. The IPv6 internet, that is. Thanks for listening to IPv6 Buzz, a podcast devoted to truth, justice, and 128 bits of address space. IPv6.